0: We're going to go to the book of Peter, First Peter chapter three. And this is the verse one of the verses that we had for life training school to memorize, but we're going to read that in context. We're going to read this in context. So let's go to First Peter chapter three. And let's go to verse eight. First Peter chapter three and verse eight. I'll give you a few moments so everybody can be in the word. First Peter chapter three, verse eight. Then it's gonna lead us up to a memory verse, one of the memory verses from Like Training school, verse fifteen. First Peter chapter three verse eight. Does anyone need any more time to turn to the Bible? I'll wait. It's important for everybody to be able to see it. If you need more time to get the Bible, turn to the chapter. Please let me know. If I don't hear from anyone, I'll assume that everybody has it. For those who just joined, we're in 1 Peter chapter 3. We are going to go over one of the memory verses, verse 15 from our life training school, which usually is used for evangelism, but there's more involved when we look at it in context. The Lord is communicating something to me, something to you, to all of us. That's more than just evangelism. So we're going to begin with verse 8. And we would like to have the privilege of reading in the New King James, verse 1 Peter 3. Chapter, uh, chapter three, that is verse eight, and let's read down to. We're going to read the rest of it, but let's read down to verse sixteen.
1: Please, the Lord.
0: Please, the God.
1: Go ahead, Pastor.
0: Praise Lord, Major. Thank you. Uh, who else? Thank you, Major.
2: Praise God. It was me, Pastor Avni. Praise God. Oh,
0: praise God, Avni. Yes, Praise God. Uh, First Peter chapter three.
2: Uh, verse 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Um, Pastor, do you want me to read till 15 or just one verse? To 16.
0: Uh, 8 to 16.
2: Please, so. up. Sure thing, Pastor. Praise God. Verse 9. Not returning evil for evil or revealing for revealing. But on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Verse 10. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Verse 11. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him speak peace and pursue it. Verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to, the, to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Verse 13. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of? of what is good verse 14 but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats nor be troubled verse 15 but sanctify the lord god in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear Verse 16, having a good conscience that when they defame you as a will-doer, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. Praise God, Pastor Pradeep.
0: As I'm hearing it, I'm happy. The reason I'm happy is because God explains everything when we want to read everything when we want to know the whole story and so as I mentioned at the outset verse 15 is an evangelistic uh, verse we use it to go and witness to people and talk to people to tell them the reason for the hope that's within what is hope what is the hope that we can give people for some people hope is money that's their hope they, they want money they think money can solve problems Some people are deluded thinking that money can solve all the problems. Uh, Hope for some people means a big house. They place all their stakes and hope on education, whatever it is. People hope for things. They think that, why do they hope? No one hopes for that which is evil. Everybody wants good for themselves and their families. So hope is related to something that is favorable. But what do we consider favor and favorable? The Bible says people suppose that gain is equivalent to godliness. In other words, if you get more material things, then that means that God is blessing you. We know, not necessarily, because there are many people with a lot of things, more than any of us have here. They're actually cursed. Because they don't have the Lord. And they're living for A false hope. The hope that we are supposed to present to the world in the privilege that we have is the hope of salvation. The reason for the hope is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. For us, the end of this life is the beginning, the true beginning of a sinless, perfect life In the ultimate sense, ultimate sense, there's no hope compared to that. There are some people who hope to go to the moon. They hope to be in space. And they spend, how many of you know, does anyone know how much the last bill I heard it costs for a civilian or non-NASA employee to get on the space shuttle? Anyone know the price tag for that? One trip on the space shuttle? Quite literally into outer space with the astronauts. Well, last I heard, this was years ago, $20 million to get a seat on the space shuttle. There's a hope some people have. You know, I want to do something different. I want to do something new. I want to do something that everybody would envy that I got to do it. Somebody's willing to spend 20 million dollars. Now who can earn money over a lifetime that would amount to 20 million dollars? The average person cannot. They can just give that. People have hope for many things. We have the real hope, the living hope. That's why it's called the living hope. Because it's in the living savior. Now in context, we see something interesting here. I want someone else to read it in the New Living Translation. We'll see who has the right to speak about Jesus. Who has the right to tell the next person, hey, you want to know why I'm smiling? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy flood my soul. Like the sea billows roll since Jesus came into my heart. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 8 to 16. Someone please read in the New Living Translate.
1: Finally, Finally, give me one second. Sorry about the first No problem. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse Eight to sixteen. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. For the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Now who want, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you your hope as a believer always be ready to explain it but do this in a gentle and respectful way keep your conscience clear that if people speak against you they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to christ praise god praise god
0: God. so we see that there are certain behavior patterns the God says, gives us the privilege and the right to speak about him and for him and what he's done for us. And also, if we want to enjoy life, there are certain things we must do. God has laid everything out. In uh, the book of Psalms, it says, Lord, show me the right path to follow. We have cried that to the Lord. We have asked the Lord. All of us at some point, Lord, what is the right way? There are many ways to live life. You know, I can live a life of pride. I can live a life of boasting. I can live a life to save face, image. All of those are sinking sand. It'll drown a person's soul. It's foolishness. But God says, let me show you the right way, the wise way, the one that will really give you joy, really protect you. It's the way of humility, being Sympathetic, loving, courteous. Notice that. God doesn't just say, Well, just love me, love one another. He spells out what love is like. We know in First Corinthians 13, 4-7, it's spelled out with about sixteen qualities describing the love that God has and He expects in us. So we clearly know what love is. But it's explained in other places, demonstrated. I want to be like Jesus. That's our desire, right? I want to follow Jesus. I want to be like my Lord. How does he love? How does he speak? He's courteous. No, he did speak directly and it wasn't rude. It was speaking according to what people were saying to him to shut the voice of the devil. He spoke in a firm way, but never discourteously. So obviously, when I read the scriptures, when we read it, we see that God wants us to be courteous. That's an expression of love. It should be. Granted, there are people who can talk courteously, but they don't love in the heart. We certainly don't want to be among them. We want to be courteous and sincere. So these are the things God spells out. And you see that that verse, 1 Peter 3.15, which is one of our memory verses, is sandwiched between all of these things these not suggestions commandments and directions from God how do I live my life now we need to know that Peter wrote this in some, sometime in the mid first century I should say sometime before he was Executed, give his life for the Lord, as was predicted by Jesus, and he was ready. But he was writing toward the end of his life in in an environment around the 50s or 60s A.D. in In a hostile environment where you had Roman soldiers right there in your country. You had invasion. You had another country controlling your country, and you're basically slaves to them. They did have a measure of freedom to practice the religion, but it became increasingly hostile, especially with a madman named Nero. All the emperors were basically bad, but there were some that were very very hostile. Especially against this person they called Christus, Christ, and, and his followers. Followers of Christus. And The believers were scattered all over. They had to run for their lives. But in the midst of that, Peter's saying, don't lose heart. There's a reward coming. And you still be ready, even if soldiers are right there with you. People can throw you into prison to the lions. If even a soldier would ask you, who has that spear or the sword, instantly he can grab you by the neck and throw you into prison. Next thing, you'll be facing the lions in the Colosseum for sport. Your blood will be shed. It's important to understand the context in which the Spirit of God moved Peter, who became a courageous person from being a coward, who can actually write sincerely. This is the way I'm living now. I'm living in freedom from fear because I'm following the living God. And I'm ready to speak and testify. You put me with prisoners like Paul, I'm going to speak. My life is dispensable. Jesus' life must be glorified in my life. And so he's practicing what he's preaching and he's telling the people that you be ready to give a reason. Be always ready. When someone asks you about your hope as a believer, how come? How come you keep praising God and thanking God? How come? you're not moved by current events and what people are saying. How come even when things look down and you're under attack and assault, you're still able to have the joy of the Lord? This is why. Be ready to tell people, even in a hostile environment. Isn't that beautiful? You know, there's a growth process and stages. A new believer may or may not be zealous and courageous. Some are. Some hit the road running like Paul immediately. Immediately, the man said, it's all for Jesus now. That's it. I don't care if I was a brilliant lawyer. People loved me. I had money. I had clout. I had people fear me. I had it all. But I count it as garbage. I've got Jesus now. whatever way you want to treat me, Paul basically said, it doesn't matter to me. As long as Christ is magnified. Some people may not be like that. In fact, I think a lot of people are not like Paul. God doesn't find issue with that to take us to task and say, oh, you got to be more like Paul right from the get-go. He says, I'm working with you. I'm developing you. What we need to do is understand that we go from point A to point B from being behind closed doors. Oh, no, don't tell anybody you're Christian. Fancy me going into a shopping mall with a Jesus loves you hat. What if there's a radical Muslim over there and radical Hindu and radical atheist? Well, that really shows, even though you call yourself a Christian, you have a price tag. There's a price at which the devil can buy you out. You will be willing to sell Christ. Oh, no, no, no. I am a Christian, but not like those Christians. I'm a Christian that minds his business, you see. And, uh, you, you can say whatever you want about Christ. Hey, you're entitled to your opinion. It's a free country. And, uh, I'm going to keep quiet. And you know, I'm not even going to bother you like these other Christians. Who said you're going to hell? Boy, those are some bigoted Christians, not me. Everybody's going to heaven. I respect you. There's a point in which a believer comes out of that cowardly, hypocritical lifestyle. Says, my God, I can't be like this. And you know what? There's a beautiful growth where the person will step out. Even when the boss says, you speak about Christ again, I'll fire you. Well, the believer will respectfully adhere to the company regulations, but not at the expense. Of keeping quiet when the Lord says speak. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where's the heart? If we love God, we'll love to obey Him. But if we don't love Him, all we say about obeying Him and fear of God, and I want to follow you is not just cheap, it's a lie. There's another stage. A person comes out of the closet, so to speak. And the person was afraid. I don't want anybody to think I'm weird. And tell my colleagues about Jesus, they're gonna look at me like you're preaching to the choir. Don't you know I go to church? Don't you know I have a Bible? Don't tell me, go to some heathen out there, some homeless person. No, you know, the people wearing the uniform, making the maybe a six figure salary or more, they may very well need Jesus more than the other person. More urgently. Because they're in a greater delusion. They're all self-made. Self-made man, self-made woman. I got a resume. I got a profile. I've got a, everything I need. So a person progresses from being a coward in the closet to come out and say, Lord, I've got to speak. And i got, I got to be ready to tell people the reason for the hope that's in me. He gave you gave your blood so I can have hope in life. And Lord, it's not love for me to keep it a secret. Christianity is not self-centeredness, selfish. I got, well, I got my ticket to heaven. I got my ticket on the space shuttle. Too bad for everybody else. If you don't have what I have. You can watch me on video. Christianity is love to the point where I'm willing to forsake all to follow Jesus or so this can live. There's a progression. Now, Peter is speaking to a group of people in an extreme situation. They can lose their life if they open their mouth at certain points. You know why? Because immediately, in many, many situations, the question was, okay, so you are a Christus follower. You are following Christ. What do you say about Saturn, Roman god, or goddess, whatever they have, Mars, Mars? Aries, they have the Greek counterparts. Aphrodite, Artemis, Venus. Oh, you got a whole uh, gamut of gods. Uh Okay, so you want to worship Christus? I got a question for you. Does that hope that you have in Christus uh bar you from bowing down to the Roman gods and to the emperor? Well, that's a death sentence right there. If they would say yes. You see? The price they were willing to pay out of love. Some people do some things that will risk their lives. You know why? They love the limelight. Oh, I'm a hero. I want people to know I have grit. I'm tough. And I'll tell them anything in the world. I'm not afraid of man. That's not love. That's boasting. That's the opposite of love. But love will say, you know, even if I have to bleed, I want to see you love and live. I want you to live and love like me. It's powerful. It's nothing more powerful than agape love from God, which will make us understand when we read the scriptures, we've got to follow the Lord before we open our mouth to the Lord. As we heard this morning, recently. Can't say, well, I can't obey God. So I just uh, merely on my way and go to the grocery store, get what I want and go to work. And, you know, I I can't talk because I heard the pastor say, if you're not walking right, don't talk. So I won't talk. I'm obedient. That's deception. Because not giving a reason for the hope is being disobedient. We have to know why am I not able to talk and deal with that. Otherwise, we will end up being an unbeliever. Do you know that? A believer that does not open his her, her mouth to speak the name of Christ and tell people who they belong to, and is not willing to risk at least something for that hope and defense of the gospel, will eventually begin to compromise. Like the book of Judges, First, there'll be a little God in the house. Then there'll be a whole gamut of gods. And then there'll be full-blown sin. By the second, third generation, not only can you not tell the difference between an Israelite or a Christian and the world, you'll actually see the people who claim to know God are worse than the people who claim they don't have God. That's what'll happen. So there are ramifications and there are uh, repercussions. Whenever we take a scripture lightly and say, ah, it's not for me. I'm not ready. Wait a minute. Is it a command or what? And did God say how to be ready? Yes. He's laid everything down. I'm going to go back to verse eight. Finally, in the New Living Translation, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. In a family, when a parent sees one brother mistreat another brother, a good, sensible, normal parent would be upset. Why are you mistreating your brother? He's your brother. Except in the case where the brother that is appearing to mistreat and uh, question the other brother and take him to task on what he did is found out to be a righteous person who is asking, why did you bring the idol into the house? Why did you do this out and dishonor our parents' names? Oh, now I understand Why? Externally, it seems like one person is getting strict and uh, judging the other and the other one's complaining, mom, dad, he's bothering me. He's picking on me. And the wise parent would know the children well. Every wise parent will know the children well. We'll come to find out the reason this is happening is because you're a rascal. (laughs) The reason your other brother Is bringing out what you've done. Is because you've done something wrong. So don't complain and whine. About why the the attitude. And the words are not soft. And cuddly to you. He's not sympathizing with me. He doesn't love me. He's not the same mind with me. Why? Because you're evil. The truth must come out. Before. Reconciliation can happen. But even when given the truth, although it will be firm, and we read in John's gospel, the Lord went toe-to-toe, smashed the devil speaking through the people. He's not going to tolerate Satan, but he never clenched a fist, never said a word out, out of turn, never. But it was forceful. And yet he did it out of love. Not only for the people, if there's any chance for any of them. Sometimes it was over. But for some, there was just still hope and for the people around him who needed to be protected from these liars. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Do not repay. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. There's a maturity. It takes maturity. I've, I've related this before. Uh, it's important. It's worth hearing because it's true and it's good to hear it. It can help us to gauge where we are today. When we hear an insult against us, how do we respond? For the person who is very immature and carnal, immediately there'll be an insult sent back in one form or another for the person who's developing a little bit insight into how this is not the way Christ behaved. This is not the way I should behave. I belong to him now. Uh, they may not immediately send the insult, but it's smoldering inside. It's like a volcano. There's a churning inside and they're waiting for the opportunity to say it in a different way. Still an insult, but maybe a little toned down, a little bit of sarcasm before it would have been blows now it's you know i really shouldn't do that it's obvious i'd probably get caught let me do it in a in a little bit sneaky way and insult still and the person uh, gets more insight and gets more of the fear of god a little bit more says you know what the whole idea of repaying evil for evil is contrary to scripture can't be like that but i have this feeling within oh they hurt me and they did this to me and i I got to do something, but I can't do this. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Loose sleep over it. And there's a progression. Uh, this is wrong. Even to think to pay back is wrong. Lord, change my heart, oh God. Make me ever true. Now change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Lord, the problem's really in the heart. More than my mouth or my fist or my pen or my fingers on the keyboard or texting. The problem really is in the heart. I need, I need and to, to have my heart changed, Lord. Look how deep it is, you know, before we ever get to verse 15 and say, oh, I got an evangelistic verse here. Yep, I memorized it. I can spit it back and um yeah, I, I'll share. Ooh, can I testify? Where? Where's the opportunity? Where's my soapbox? I'm not afraid of anybody. But there are qualifications. We need to be humble. We need to be truthful. We need to be righteous. You see? A person who's righteous will don't won't close the eyes and look the other way. Oh well. Not my son, not my daughter, not my grandma, not my mom, not my uncle. No, don't you see the halo? Look at that family picture. There's a halo on every one of us. No, 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 no. Truth. God is saying, I'm scanning the whole earth to see if anybody is righteous. I couldn't even find One. See, he's talking about the crowd of people who claim to know God, but they're not following him. The qualifications to be able to speak for Christ is, first of all, I must follow Christ. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Oh, there's some people who smile when somebody insults them because they know. Boy, when I smile at them, that's going to burn them more than anything else. Especially when I say, God bless you. I wouldn't want to be like you. You need God. God just uncovers every bit of the human heart, every sneaky trick in the book. Every motive. It's like, why even fight the truth? Why would I fight God? He wants to examine me thoroughly and show me if there's any bit of evil in me. God, do it, Lord. I want to be free from hypocrisy. Instead, pay them back with a blessing, not just words. Generally from the heart, Lord, is there any chance, Lord, that they can repent? Lord, would you make a way? Father, they don't know what they're doing. In the sense that they're held captive to do the devil's will. They're cooperating. But Lord, please help them. You know what will happen? Either God will answer the prayer according to his divine prerogative and his wisdom. Knowing the future. What choices this person will make. Either he will say, I'm going to answer you, especially because you've spoken. Out of love to me. You have interceded on the behalf of an evil person to me. I'm going to do a miracle. Watch this. That person will repent and come and say, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. And they'll actually begin to be a blessing. Wow. A person who insulted you because of your prayers? They look like they would never repent. They hated you. Now they love you? Oh, yes, a miracle. On the other hand, God is His divine prerogative and wisdom. Sometimes he'll say, like he said to Samuel, no more. No more. it has gone too far. Sometimes he'll say, like he said to Moses, step aside. Sometimes he'll say, like he said to Jeremiah, it's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's over. But we're not the judge. We're called to show grace and love until the Lord says, step aside. You've done your part. Oh, I'm going to bless you because you did what you should. But now I have to do what I have to do. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep. Your tongue from speaking evil. What is evil? When we talk about speech and evil in the same breath, we're talking about often slander. And your lips from speaking guile. What is guile? Not a word we often use in today's vernacular conversation, but means deception, lies, hypocrisy. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit prompting the apostle Peter to write to believers who are in jeopardy of their lives, moment by moment in many situations? Ah, it's wonderful. you're holding on, but let me tell you. Make sure you have nothing to do with evil. Nothing to do with speaking evil. Nothing to do with lies. Turn away from evil. Do good. Search or seek for peace and work to maintain it. Wow. God's word. You know, in my home, God will call me to account. Are you a peacemaker or troublemaker? Are you seeking peace? Or are you seeking division? Are you happy when there's a fight? Are you happy when you get the last word in? Are you happy and say, "Well, I don't care what you think, what you feel." You go to your side of the house and I'm going to be in my side, and I got the last word in, na, na 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 na, nah. and I'm slamming the door on you. I'm going to have my prayer time. To go to my God. Got to say, don't even try that. Open the door, go humbly to your husband, to your wife, to your child, to your parent, and say, I was wrong. I'm not playing a game with God. I was wrong. And I hurt you. Sorry. I'm sorry for that. And I'm going to show you that it's sincere because I'm going to do the opposite. How beautiful God's word is to show us how to have a clean heart, a pure heart and clean hands. There's no blockage between me and the Lord. Open communication because I'm a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. When somebody is inspired by Satan to say, well, you talk about love and you talk about peace and you talk about reconciliation. You talk about telling the truth. You talk about not insulting people and, but you know what? You sound mean. Uh, you're finding fault do you have any grace to give me? I mean, I'm looking for grace, please. Hello? Is there grace anywhere? All I hear is you saying, you know, you broke this law and that law and that law. Didn't Christ die to set us free from the law? Either Peter missed out on the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the whole Old Testament, Either Peter missed out on the Gospels, the letters of Paul, and sorry, for the Holy Spirit. And uh, he just wrote something uh wrong, erroneously. Wait a minute, Peter. What are you talking about? I have to do certain things in, in order to enjoy life? To inherit eternal life? And have the privilege to speak about life, about Jesus? Is this legalistic? And, no. The same Peter said, listen, have love which will cover a multitude of sins, but make sure that evil is not alive and well in your home. Make sure evil doesn't lurk in your heart under the guise of grace. That's false grace teaching that'll take people to hell. Peter's not going to do that. He's a man of truth. Paul's not going to write that. He fears the Lord. Moses, Abraham... They're not going to speak or say anything contrary to that because that holds for eternity. God is a God of truth. Love and truth must go together. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Where there's no truth, there's no peace. Look at this. Look at this warning here. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers and we all know if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord won't hear me Peter's bringing that out here so I need to check myself we all need to check ourselves and you know it's a, it's a wonderful thing it's a joy God you asked me the question again you just asked me last Tuesday are you true to me but Lord I welcome that question I love it when you ask me that, because I can tell you sincerely, Lord, I am true to you. There's no guile in me, no deceit. Thank you, Jesus. I'm done with that lifestyle. And I know, Lord, you're hearing my prayers because I have no partnership with evil. Hallelujah. Lord, I know your eyes are watching over me to protect me, because I'm doing what is right. What is righteousness? What does it mean when somebody is righteous? It means they're doing the right thing. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. It's a dangerous thing. Peter brings it up. I thought he's supposed to encourage these people. They're risking their lives. Peter, don't drill them down to the ground. I mean, they're they're barely surviving. Why do you have to say this? Why don't you just say, God bless y'all. God bless all of you. You're doing good. You know why? Because God cares about holiness. He cares about righteousness. That's his nature. He's good. And he said, you'll only be good if you do what's right. Nobody gets a free ride without staying on the train. They decide to get out. No more free ride. The free ride costs somebody. It's not really free. It costs the Lord his blood. He purchased a vehicle by which we can go to heaven. He paid for it with his blood. If I jump off by being evil, I don't have access anymore to go to heaven. Now, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? Is appealing to their reason. He's talking in a moral sense. People are not going to come and bang on your door and say the law is after you. If you're not the one who did the shoplifting and stole the goods from the store, they're going to go to the person who did the shoplifting. Caught on camera, eyewitnesses, goods in your home, no receipt, either here or in the store who's going to harm you? People aren't going to come knocking on your door if you paid your taxes. But, even if you suffer, as they did, for doing what is right, God will reward you. In other words, you paid. You did the right thing. You obeyed the law, but they're still after you. That's the devil working now. But, don't worry. God is watching. He'll reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Righteousness gives you courage. In the Proverbs is written, when we study the book of Proverbs together in the morning calls, the righteous are bold as a, who can finish that sentence? Lions praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Bold as a lion. There's no fear. Bold as a lion. I know, I'm a king, I'm a queen, I'm a princess, I'm a prince of the Lord Jesus, I'm walking right, I have nothing to hide, I've turned a new leaf over a new leaf but the rest of the proverb does anyone know, the righteous are as bold as a lion, I'm doing the right thing before God, but what's the rest of that, the wicked flee when no man is chasing after them, why? their own conscience is haunting them they're on the run all the time on the run because they know they did the wrong thing. We don't have to live like that. Thank God. All of us were running from the law of God, running from the law at one point or another. God, who is the law giver and the judge became our advocate. I said, I'm paying presents. I'm washing you clean. I'm making you brand new to the point where you can hold your head up high. Humbly, but fearlessly. Because I've cleansed you. You're my prince and princess. Don't go back to the vomit. You're free. The righteous are as bold as the lion. What a word picture God has given us. Isn't God beautiful? Isn't he wonderful? It's not just some dry stuff, you know. Uh, righteous are bold and wicked flee and He describes things. Have you seen a lion in nature? That majestic king of the beasts? He says, that's the picture of who you are. Because I'm with you. I've washed your conscience clean. You have no record before me. But a good record. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're free. But the wicked? Always on the run. Always have to cover up. Always have to do this and that. Always have to paint the picture. Aren't you tired of that? Some people have said it takes more muscles, facial muscles to frown than to smile. It's a lot of work to have a mean face to carry a sour attitude. It's much easier to be light and to be sincere and free, innocent again. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. In the New King James and King James, it says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. What does that mean? It brings it out here to an extent. Sanctify means to, in your own understanding, in your lifestyle, set him apart. He's the Lord. He's God. I have to worship him and fear him. Everything I do revolves around his commandments to me because they're life to me. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Everything I do, Lord, I must come to you and ask you, is it okay by you? Because you're my Lord. That's what it means to set apart God as Lord in my heart. Not just with my words, bumper sticker, Bible and cross. My decisions and my thoughts. Instead, don't be afraid of people. Be afraid of God to do the right thing. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. When you get threatened, when you're under pressure, when the devil tries to close in, the wolves are closing in, don't be afraid. Do like David. What time I'm afraid? What time I'm afraid? I will trust in the Lord. I will tell myself. I'll speak to myself. Listen, you have nothing to be afraid of because you're in the right. You're in the right. You're in the light. You're a child of the day, not of the night. God is on your side. God will turn everything over. He knows how to flip the script. The devil thinks he's writing the story. God will flip it on him in a moment. You do the right thing. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Aren't you amazed? I'm amazed. Uh, with the backstory to this verse, if you will. All the stuff that leads up to this. The one who has a right to open his or her mouth. To say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. He's the Lord of my life. The Lord and Savior. And nobody but him. The only one who has a right to say that is the one who has taken heed to all the previous verses. It's a tall order, but it's very doable if we are honest. And when we speak, but do this in a gentle and respectful way, Peter's not stopping. The other day, I think a week or two ago, I was reading this. The Lord uh, drew my attention to how many times he keeps talking about the heart and the conscience. Keep your conscience clear. It's a big deal to God that my conscience is clear before him. Then if people speak against you, God will make sure they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live, meaning righteous life. Because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good or what is right. If that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. Christ suffered for our sins. One time. Once for all time. He never sinned. But he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Wonderful. As we have been memorizing 1 Peter 3.15, please read the verses we've read along with it to know the gravity of the high calling to be an ambassador for Christ. Whether you speak one-on-one to your neighbor or your family member about Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, longing to bring them to surrender to Him so they can live, or whether you go into a place where there's a crowd of people. Know this, Paul went trembling. We read this a couple of weeks ago. He said, I came to you with much weakness and fear and trembling. Why? He was not weak. Paul was the indomitable Paul. He was powerful. He was a powerful man. He was powerful in the spirit. He was powerful. But he said, I know, I know. The message I'm carrying is a holy message. God has given me his script to read to you, to tell you. Hallelujah. Praise be to God.